This is the Iowa State Athletics SciCast. The SciCast is brought to you by Van Wall Equipment. Visit any Van Wall location today to test drive the full lineup of John Deere compact utility tractors, which have the power and versatility to conquer anything this season. Hi, everybody. I'm John Walters. Today's SciCast is a visit with former Iowa State women's basketball player Brittany Wilkins. After finishing her Cyclone career with a strong senior season, Wilkins went on to play professionally in the WNBA and across the world. In fact, she currently teaches in Japan. Her journey has been a fascinating one. We hope you'll enjoy this visit with Brittany Wilkins. Brittany, from Arlington, Nebraska to Iowa State, tell me a little bit about your journey to Iowa State. What made you choose to be a Cyclone? Well, John, I was obviously playing pretty competitive high school and AAU basketball and volleyball in high school. And yeah, I started the recruiting process and was just really excited for um, just an opportunity to to see what colleges were out there for me. And when Iowa State started talking to me, I was just very humbled. And Coach Fenley and Coach Pinchton at the time, Robin Pinchton, she was the one who was my primary recruiter. And she kind of sought me out and we just had a really great relationship. And I felt I had a good feeling when I went to Iowa State on campus for my campus visit. And Coach Fenley and Coach Pinchton came to my house along with, I, I think I had six home visits from other colleges. And yeah, and then I had four official visits and Iowa State was the one I felt the most peace about going to. And I was really just thankful for the opportunity and just really uh, amazing family feel. And I was I was so glad I made the decision to become a Cyclone. And early on in your career, you had some good moments and some good games and some, you know, some, some flashes of what's to come. But you're really a testament to hanging in there because you only started one game as a junior and yet you're selected as a team captain before your senior season. So obviously there's a lot of respect for you in that locker room. What made you stick with it uh, and then go on to have such a great senior year? That's a great question. I definitely had some challenges leading up to my senior year, but I always just wanted to do whatever was best for the team, whether it was to prepare my teammates to get ready for a big game or just be a supporting role or what that looked like even off the court. And so, yeah, my time, I guess, on the court um, and to shine didn't come, I guess you would call me a late blossomer or whatever you would say later in my career, but um I was really thankful that I got that opportunity to take the court and just, um, yeah, prove that I could be out there and put up some good numbers for the Cyclones. And that launched my career professionally after that, which I'm very thankful for as well. So I guess it didn't cross my mind a whole lot to think about transferring or leaving just to, you know, continue to support the team as best as I could and just try to continue to get better myself, you know, on and off the court during the off season as well, whether it was strength and conditioning or just getting some extra reps up in the gym. So I was so glad that I stuck it out because I really was so glad that I had a great four and a half years at, at Iowa State. And it really was a, a special senior season. I mean, 16 points, nine rebounds a game. Can you pinpoint anything that maybe that happened throughout your junior year or into that transition into your senior year that maybe launched you to that next level that, that really took you from your confidence level to where you could go out there and dominate in the Big 12 like that? Between my junior and senior year, I got asked to go to Panama as a, a leader for a high school uh, youth group. It was through my church that I went to in Ames, um, Cornerstone Church, and I got asked to help lead a group of 19 high schoolers. So I went ahead and went. It was between, like I said, my right before my senior year. And while I was there, I guess I felt like God opened up 
my eyes to not play in fear of just messing up. Of course, obviously, we're all human and we make mistakes, but just to, yeah, really go out there and play hard, not necessarily for anybody in particular, but besides myself and for my faith and and my faith in God, because he gave me that ability. And so I think I I was able to let go of a lot of fear of messing up and, and not being able to stay on the court or, or get that chance. And, you know, of course, like I said, nobody's perfect and I still made those mistakes, but I think I came back with a different kind of confidence and also just kind of no expectation. I didn't really know what to expect for my senior year, except for that I really wanted to be a great leader. And I didn't know whether that was going to be on the court, off the court as a captain, you know, and I just, I wanted to go out and lead my teammates well, whatever that looked like. And and God gave me the opportunity to do that on the court. And I was able to get some good minutes in and, yeah, really have some some great games in the Big 12 my senior season. So I'm really thankful for that trip to Panama that really kind of opened my eyes to um, to living out, I guess, my faith and, and also not not living in fear as an athlete. I think a lot of a lot of athletes can get crippled by by fear, by pressure, wanting to to please their parents, their coaches, and, and the fans. And I think that as an athlete, you really have to, to zero in and, and know what your motivation is and what your, where do you get that encouragement from? So that was well, what, what changed it for me, John. Give you a little shot on the arm, an extra, maybe a little extra boost to, to be selected as a captain, to know that others did believe in you and felt like you could lead that team. I had a great rapport, like just love my teammates. I mean, that's one thing that Coach Fenley was so great about, you know, obviously the lessons I learned from him. And, you know, one thing he always says is you're not going to remember the scores, the games and, you know, which game you won or lost, but you're going to remember the relationships. And that is 100 percent true because, you know, I remember my teammates and my coaches and just those moments that we spent together. And I, I had a really great relationship with a lot of them. And the other senior, Candace Binkin, we led really well together. And so I was just really thankful that they did trust me. And, and I was thankful that I had that chance. Today's SciCast is brought to you by Van Wall Equipment. Van Wall Equipment and John Deere are proud to support Iowa's farmers in the field and Iowa State Athletics on the field. As you mentioned, uh, WNBA career developed from that with Sacramento and San Antonio, and, and you played several years overseas as well. What are your fondest memories of playing professionally and maybe some memories that weren't so great? But uh, tell us a little bit about your professional career and what you enjoyed about it. It started, I guess, in April of my senior season. I remember Coach Finley gave me a phone call, and he had mentioned something about going to the WNBA draft camp. And actually, when he asked me, I kind of chuckled. And I kind of laughed. I thought he was kind of joking about it. And I was like, really? And so I, I think from the beginning, I just really had a lot of excitement going in because I didn't really, I didn't have any expectations. I didn't think I actually had a chance to, you know, try for a WNBA team. And, you know, so I kind of went into it, obviously a little bit blind, but I was really thankful for the chance. And I think it was actually more helpful. It took a little bit of that pressure away. I was just going to go out there and have, have, have fun, try my hardest, you know, meet some new people, get some free gear and go home, you know? And I think um, that mentality, you know, it did take a lot of that pressure off. And so that first year when I made the Sacramento roster in 2006, I, I was really humbled because there was quite a few people that were ahead of me that had gotten drafted or that had gotten drafted in previous years. And you know, I just kept working hard and things just went my way. And I, the last day of all the cuts, I'll never forget in shoot around. My coach came up to me and said, Hey, congratulations. You made the team. And, 
And I literally was still in shock in that moment. <laughs> um, but that was very, uh, it was a humbling moment. And I mean, it was just an exciting season. We got to go to the White House that year and meet President Bush because the team, the Sacramento Monarchs had won the championship in 2005. And so I was able just to to be a member of that and, and go. And so that was very um, exciting. And you know, and then we made it all the way to game five of the WNBA finals that year. And so just to, to be on that championship team was really incredible to play with some of the greats, Tisha Penichero, Kara Lawson, Yolanda Griffith. I learned so much from them in that first year. Uh, and then that next year at Sacramento, we did not make it to the finals. And then the, the following year, I got asked to go to the training camp in San Antonio. And that was a really a different experience because I came from Sweden. I was in Sweden at the time. And I'd actually broke my finger in the playoffs. I remember going to training camp and, and I didn't pass my physical because my hand, my finger hadn't fully healed up. And so I was early by a couple of weeks because I wanted to come and just kind of get a, an extra head on, on some other people, just, you know, getting some extra shots in and stuff. And, and so I, I didn't pass my physical because my finger hadn't fully healed. So really that was you know, a amazing couple of weeks where, I mean, I was just praying that my finger would heal up enough for me to try out for the team. And luckily it did. And, and I was able to come back to San Antonio and try out for the team. And, um, and that year being in San Antonio was a real treat because I had gotten a chance to play with Becky Hammond, Ruth Riley, um, Sophia Young. She played in the Big 12. I played against her in college. Uh, she played for Baylor and um, Aaron Busher. She was a good friend of mine that, um, was pivotal actually on, you know, just being a teammate in Sacramento and also in San Antonio. And that year we made it to the, uh, the playoffs as well. So for my short three-year career in the WNBA, I played on two WNBA finals teams, which was really incredible. So I just felt really blessed to be a part of those teams. And, you know, even though I didn't play significant minutes or games, I always felt very valued and very appreciated for um, the effort that I put forth. And and I continued to play, you know, overseas. I played in, in Europe for, for another couple of years and then also in Australia. And I, I really had I really had a great experience in, in all the countries that I played in. But, I mean, won a championship in Germany. That was a really amazing feat. And then also in Australia, that was where I wrapped up my career. But I met so many great friends, was able to see a lot of beautiful places in Europe. And um, I just felt really thankful that... Um, I, my, my love for basketball, you know, continued even after my college years. And, and that actually really grew my love for, for being overseas, which I'm still overseas now. And I, I've enjoyed the time that I have had, and I'm very thankful for the career that I had. Yeah, it sounds like getting that opportunity to play professionally really allowed you to see the world and changed your life significantly in a very positive way. Tell us a little bit more about that, about just how you fell in love with the idea of being overseas. Yeah, that's a great question. I guess my first experience overseas was when I was a junior in high school. Actually, I was in 10th grade, sophomore. I had made an all-star team and this all-star team, we went to Europe and we played in four different countries. And I thought, wow, this is so, I really enjoyed that trip. We had played in England, Germany, France, and Holland. And it just kind of like opened my eyes to like, wow, you know, just different culture, different people. But, you know, obviously with the commonality of sport, it was just a cool platform. And so obviously the WNBA is very competitive and I was thankful for the, the run that I had there. But obviously the older you get, players get more expensive and obviously there's younger players that are up and coming. And so 
for me, just continuing my, my career overseas just seemed to really fit with my lifestyle. I enjoyed, you know, cross training in the summers and being at home near my family. I would help on our family farm. And then I was able to, to go overseas wherever God opened up an opportunity for me to play. I just was really thankful. I had a really great agent that um, was able to find me good jobs continually year after year and had a couple injuries along the way back surgery in Germany and knee surgery in Australia and um, broken finger in Sweden. But, you know, that's just part of being an athlete. So I think the overseas experience, it just gave me a different taste of basketball in other countries. And I really enjoy the European style basketball where the post players kind of can step away from the basket, kind of hit that long range jumper, a little, little like Dirk Nowitzki, you know, like from Germany. He was so such a great big in the NBA where he just hit a lot of shots from the outside. And I really took to that game and I enjoyed that, that aspect of it. So yeah, just appreciating culture and being around people that are not like you, I, I've grown really accustomed to, and it doesn't make me feel awkward or out of place anymore. So Get ready for your tailgate with Authentic Brand. Proudly creating Cyclone gear, Authentic Brand makes all kinds of Cyclone apparel, from t-shirts to dress shirts, hats, bags, and more. You'll love the huge selection and all in cardinal and gold. Find it at local retailers or order online at authentic-brand.com. Was there a, a country that really stood out to you as a maybe your favorite spot, whether it be basketball-wise or just culturally? All of them were definitely just different get different flavors you know i i really actually loved playing in turkey culturally it was it was like european but it had this asian flair to it and you know living in turkey was really quite an experience and i really learned to love the food there and when i lived in sweden the people were so kind i lived really it was actually quite cold i lived kind of near the arctic circle up in the one of the highest places. And one of my, my teammate actually there was Leah Rush. She played for Oklahoma and we played against each other in the big 12. So it was kind of cool to reconnect with them, you know, people from my college career, but Belgium, you know, I just, just talked to my former Belgium teammate the other day, actually. And, you know, just was able to make great connections, but I, I mean, I loved living in Switzerland. The, the scenery obviously was beautiful there. You know, each country has a, a different, um, I guess, quaintness or charm to it, you know, and Australia was always was a dream to get a chance to play there. That's a country that I always wanted to to travel to anyways. And yeah, I was blessed to be on a really great team where we were able to win the championship there. So I really am thankful for for each country that I got an opportunity to play in. And my, you know, my father um, and my mom were able to both come and and see me in several of the countries that I lived in. So I was very thankful that, um, Especially my dad took a lot of interest in, in coming to almost every country that I played in and lived in. Oh, that's nice. And you're in Japan now. Tell me about what you're doing there. I finished up my, my basketball career. I had a knee injury when I was in Australia, and I was able to come back from it and finish out the season. And I guess getting close to 30, I was thinking that, you know, a career change might be be nice. And I, I was... I was a little not discouraged with basketball, but just kind of feeling like, okay, is there, you know, something more to this? And but I still really love that overseas experience. And uh, one of my best friends, who I actually had met in Europe, she had taken a teaching job in Japan. And you know, I had had always talked about going to visit her, you know, after my season. And she had actually heard about a teaching job 
she kind of had mentioned it to me. And so I kind of looked into it and I applied and I, I got the job and it was to, to teach physical education and health at a Christian international school and then also be the basketball coach for a year. And so I thought, you know, it's a year contract. I can give it a try and, and see if I enjoy it. And, you know, if I don't enjoy it, then I can move on and see what the next thing is for me. And so, yeah, so I made that decision to uh, to move to Tokyo. And yeah, I taught at, uh, like I said, it was called Christian Academy of Japan. And, and I taught there for one year and also coached the basketball team. And then there was another school in Tokyo, the, the, the school that my friend was currently at where the athletic director was leaving. And so, you know, she said, I know you're enjoying Tokyo. And if you want to stay longer, I'm leaving. And if you want to apply to possibly be the uh, a PE teacher or an athletic director at my school, you know, you should try. And so, so I applied and I was blessed that I got that job. And I've been at that same school now. Um, this will be my eighth year at that same school. And I teach at, um, it's an all girls Catholic school in, in downtown Tokyo, Japan. It's about 20 minutes train ride to Shibuya Square, which is kind of like the Times Square of, I guess, Tokyo. I teach kids from all over the world. We have 47 different nationalities at our school. So many of the kids have parents that are ambassadors or they work at businesses or different corporations here in Tokyo and, and their parents obviously don't speak Japanese. So these kids need international education. That's So I obviously teach in English. I feel very blessed to be able to, to have a job that I enjoy. And so I teach grade two all the way to grade 10 physical education. And then I coach the volleyball and the basketball teams for, for high school, and then I help out with the middle school as well. On Football Saturdays, our John Deere run of the game is brought to you by Van Wall Equipment. Nothing runs like a deer, especially when it's supported by Van Wall Equipment, the Cyclones John Deere dealer of choice. Well, that has to be fun to kind of give back to the game that, that was so good to you. And I imagine it's crazy over there right now with the Olympics going on. Did, did that affect your life at all to have the Olympics coming to Japan? Well, yes and no. I guess a few years ago when the lottery came out, I thought, well, am I going to be here in 2020? And I thought, well, it's kind of silly. Like, I love sports and I love to connect with people. And so I actually applied for the lottery and I was able to get tickets to seven different events. So I was really blessed to do that. And then I knew several people through the basketball world and volleyball that were actually either going to be coaches or athletes. And so I, I just made the decision. I thought, well, this will be what a great opportunity. Um, so I applied with Team USA as a, um, I was supposed to be a volunteer through the High Performance Center. And that was like a, an application process and an interview process. And I was chosen because I live here, obviously, I'm very in tune with the sports world and have a sports background. So I, I was really excited about that. But then obviously, with COVID happening, yeah, that got canceled because they were not taking uh, volunteers from any outside countries. And so that got canceled. And then all the tickets, obviously, mm. all that changed everything as well. And so but there was a lot of hype build up to, uh, you know, just hosting, you know, Japan is a very respectable, clean, kind and integral country. And, you know, they they do everything top class, like, you know, the trains are always clean, they're always on time, the venues are always very clean as well. And, and so it's very unfortunate to see that they're unable to, to bring in spectators, because I know they would do the Olympics so well. And I know they're doing an amazing job, but all these, 
all the money that has gone into building all these beautiful venues, it's obviously very sad that they're not able to use them. But, um, you know, there was construction a lot, you know, you could kind of see buildings around the city being being built and, and so forth. And, and actually, my my high school gym that I coach at Team USA is using, they brought in the trampoline to practice the USA gymnasts are, are have been practicing there, I guess, to get additional training. I'm not really sure. But I've because I went home this summer and I made the decision to stay home longer and and not to to come back early for the Olympics. So I'm actually in quarantine for the whole two weeks that the Olympics are on. Oh, so I'm okay. in my apartment. <laughs> yeah. So I, I arrived here on the 28th. So maybe like day three into the Olympics or day four. And I'm now in day seven of my quarantine. And mm. so, um, yeah, I get out of quarantine, I guess, August 10th. And um, the Olympics all finish on the 8th. So on one side, it's just it's hard watching, you know, seeing all these awesome venues and, and the games and stuff. Um, and it's just like in our backyard. Literally, the equestrian is like probably a, a mile and a half away from where I live. And, you know, a lot of these venues are less than a half hour to an hour from where I live. So it's very strange to see. And I'm, I'm obviously like bound to my apartment because there's very strict uh um, quarantine situation here in Japan, even for people that are vaccinated. So, yeah, it's interesting. You know, you mentioned uh, how polite people are and uh, just the respect. And I, I did a, a sidecast with Craig Brackens, who's playing professionally over in Japan right now. And, you know, he mentioned how much he loves it and how the, the people actually cheer for both teams. And like, so it is a shame that we didn't get to experience this Olympics with fans there, because I think uh, the crowds would have really added something to the, the flavor of it. Not, not just uh, the people visiting from all over the world, but certainly the people from there in Japan, I, I would imagine that would have been a really neat thing. Yeah, I totally agree with you, John. I think that the, the people here, the excitement to, just to be proud to, to host, you know, a, an Olympic event and, you know, the Olympics itself is really incredible. And so, it's just very unfortunate. I know a lot of people are, are sad that they can't obviously go to the events live. And, and I'm very sad for the athletes and the coaches that, I mean, Japanese culture, the food is amazing. You know, the, the people are so kind and just getting out and seeing things in, in Japan. That's like half the experience when you go to the Olympics, you know, like obviously the sports are um, the cherry on the top. But, you know, getting to see the country, I think, is very important because then it kind of gives you more of an idea of the, what the people are like and, you know, just how they operate on their day to day as well. Gear up for your next Cyclone game with Authentic Brand, a great Iowa company headquartered less than an hour from Ames in Perry, Iowa, making Cyclone apparel for men, women and kids. It's the apparel I wear on game day. Find it at local retailers or order online at Authentic-Brand.com. Authentic Brand. Look authentic, feel authentic, be authentic. Well, I want to take it back to where we started, which is Iowa State. And I imagine it's a pretty neat thing for you that your coach, Bill Fenley, and his staff are still right here at Iowa State. Uh, do you still stay in touch with any of your former teammates? I know you mentioned running into several former opponents from the Big 12. Did you run into any of your old teammates or coaches, or do you keep in touch with any of them? Yeah, yeah, I do. On occasion, I, I text with Coach Fenley, but I've, I've caught up with uh, Coach Steyer. Coach Pinchton, she's not obviously at Iowa State anymore, but um, yeah, um, Lindsay Metters. Uh, I see Lisa Creener actually almost every year. We always, we always make a point to meet each other. Ada Anderson, 
I keep in touch with Mary Fox. There's definitely some people like on Facebook that I'm able to keep in touch with. Candace Binken reached out to me recently um, after my dad had passed away. And, you know, several people reached out because my father was a very loyal fan of mine. Uh, he came to almost every Iowa State game that he could. And and so for him to pass away this year, a lot of people reached out. And um, that meant a lot just because he was my number one fan. And, and so, um, yeah, I think that you know, Iowa State definitely has a special place. You know, Kelly Sizek, I know her father has recently passed away and I've, I've, you know, I reached out to her as well. And so over the years, you know, I've definitely come across some people and it was interesting this past summer, I got an invitation to go back for an alumni weekend for when I played in San Antonio and in the WNBA. And now the team is owned by uh, Mark Davis, who is the owner of the Oakland Raiders out in Las Vegas. And so this summer I went out there for a alumni weekend and happened to be the game that they were playing the Minnesota Lynx. So I got to catch up with Bridget Carlton too, oh, cool. um, who obviously was a former cyclone and, you know, just, we have that in common. We have, I haven't really had extensive time chatting with her, but it's been fun to follow her Olympic career. And obviously she's making a, a huge impact there and in the WNBA. So um, yeah, the cyclone family reaches far, you know, and um, I'm always excited when I see um, a Cyclone fan or, or some Cyclone gear around the world because it's, it's not too often when you see it overseas, that's for sure. Well, what do you think's next for you? I really don't know, John. That's a great question. I've been here, like I said, for eight, going on nine years. And um, with the passing of my father recently, he had um, got very sick from COVID and passed away. He passed away in January. And um, so we run a family farm, and um, so I'm I'm praying and considering possibly moving back to the Midwest to to help on our family farm, just because um, you know I want my dad's legacy to continue on, and um, it's my brother and my father actually own that operation, and it's a fifth generational farm. My great great grandfather started it, and so yeah, I'm not sure if my time is coming to a close in Japan, but I know that. I definitely have a heart for overseas. And even if I just go home for a short season, I think I would be open to going back overseas. And, you know, there's still a lot of the world to see. But, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, I've, I've been able to see a, a lot of cool places. But, you know, there's so many other great places. But right now, obviously, in the, the co time of COVID, it's, it's hard to get around and travel and such. But, yeah. um, but I'm here for another school year. And I have a two-year contract. And so I'm just trying to take it month by month. Um, the grief journey is definitely a hard battle. Um, mm -hmm. Losing somebody very tragically is not, not fun, especially to, um, yeah, to COVID. So I'm just trying to, uh, yeah, heal from that and, and move forward, I guess, and live life, you know, without my dad. And, and that's been, it's been a struggle, but, um, you know, I just want to be there for my family as best as I can, but I know I've been away for for 16 years overseas is it's a long time. So I'm just praying about whether I should move back for a while um, or, you know, continue where I am. So. Well, I, I think we all hope that those prayers are answered for you and that that adjustment in your life uh, can be guided uh, in, in a positive way. And it's been really positive for us to be able to get the chance to catch up with you because as we say, once a cyclone, always a cyclone. So thanks for taking some time this morning, Brittany. It was really fun to catch up with you. Yeah, thank you for reaching out, John. And any time, I'm happy to um, support the Cyclones and just, um, yeah, reconnect with people. So thank you so much for, 
for reaching out and taking the time. And yeah, I guess go USA in the spirit of Olympics. <laughs> All right. Have a great day. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, John. Today's SciCast was brought to you by Van Wall Equipment. Stop by one of their locations and learn why Van Wall Equipment and John Deere are Iowa's clear first choice. Thanks for listening.